0: Hello, and welcome to the Tales from Auburn Creek. I'm Kevin Rader. You know, if you could pick one day in your life that changed everything, what would it be? Maybe meeting your spouse, seeing them for the first time, getting married, birth of your children. Any of those would be understandable and certainly rank up there for me. But before any of that, there was a day that changed everything. It's a tale from Auburn Creek that I remember as an end as well as a beginning. It is always hard to say that one day was the most traumatic day of your life. For me, there were so many. I think back to the days I would sit by my mother and try to talk to her. I would try to break through the spell that had such a strong grip on her reality. Occasionally, our eyes would lock, and I thought that I would be able to pull her out of the abyss in which she was living, back to us. And then I realized that maybe there just wasn't enough in this life to bring her back. Maybe I wasn't enough to bring her back. To be truthful, I was never sure from one day to the next if I wanted to be there either. But on this day, it was all about to change. It would be as JFK described in his inaugural address, as an end, as well as a beginning. My junior high was an old three-story structure with stairs at both ends of the building and in the middle. It was early in the school day when I noticed I was having trouble going up and down those stairs, so I went to see the school nurse. I think you should go home, she told me. If it's still bothering you tomorrow, you should go see the doctor. I thanked her and started my eight-block trek toward home. This is where most children would call their parents to come get them, but that just never crossed my mind. After all, if I needed anything, I always knew I was the one who would have to do it. Clothes, dental work, whatever it was. But by the time I got home, I could tell something was clearly wrong. As soon as I walked through the front door, I collapsed onto the couch. I didn't know it at the time, but I was having an appendicitis attack. And somewhere during that day, at home, alone, it burst. Hours later, after school had ended, in the early evening, I could see the day going on normal all around me. I could see my brothers and my stepfather, which meant it was early evening as he was home from work. It was an almost out-of-body experience. I was right there. I could see and hear everything, but I couldn't communicate with anyone. My body was in shock. My stomach was rock hard. My eyes were following everything, drinking in what seemed to be a normal day for everyone else but me. I would be lying if I told you I didn't wonder if this was how it was going to end. Finally, one of my brothers came over and sat on the couch next to me to ask if I was okay. I didn't answer. I couldn't. I think it kind of scared him because I was looking directly at him but not answering. He took his hand and playfully punched me in the stomach which literally lifted me off the couch in searing pain. I would later learn my stomach was full of gangrene and time was running out. My brother picked me up off the couch and ran out the front door. Looking back, I find it interesting that he did not ask our stepdad now. He just darted out the door and stopped the first passing car. He placed me in the back seat and asked the driver to take me to the hospital immediately. I also found it odd that my brother didn't get into the car with me. But that's the great thing about a small town the driver didn't flinch. A complete stranger stopped when an 18-year-old boy carried a limp body out of the house and asked him to take him to the hospital, and then sped off with a 14-year-old in the back writhing in pain. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. And still to this day, I don't know who that was behind the wheel, but I'm ever so thankful for their willingness to help. I was later told the doctors said they would have to operate within the hour. There was no time to lose. They told my family there was no guarantee that I would make it through the night. I know some might say I'm overreacting, but looking back to me, the pain that I was suffering was more than physical. I think I was literally being torn away from the family. There was so much going on, and I was losing the fight. At school, I was student council president, happy-go-lucky kid who got along with everyone. At home, the world was spinning out of control, and there was nothing I could do to stop it. Oddly enough, it was not the first time my brother had rescued me. I remember waking up in a basement bedroom when I was probably eight years old, I would guess. I could hear voices outside my room, which told me my brothers were holding another early morning before school party. Kids would come over and do whatever. I just stayed in my room until they left, surrounded by chaos but safe in my room, at least so I thought. A high schooler dressed in all black with a leather jacket and hair greased back entered. I watched intently as he pulled something from his jacket and began to sniff it. It took him a minute to realize that someone was watching. I knew who he was, and I knew I was in trouble. He started to approach. Hey, little raider, you want some of this? He asked. I didn't, but I didn't know what to do. I was terrified. The door swung open. I told you to stay out of my little brother's room, my brother said. I know, I know, the guy answered. Did you give him any of that, he asked. No, man, I didn't. I swear I didn't, the intruder answered. My brother pushed him out the door. Hey, be careful, man, the boy said, trying to make sure he didn't spill any of his product. My brother threw him out, shut the door, and came over to my bed. Are you okay, little brother? Yes, I answered. Did he give you any of that? Tell me the truth, he continued. No, I answered. I'm sorry, he said. I pulled the covers over my head and started to cry. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew I didn't want any part of it. He saved me from a situation he had put me in the middle of in the first place. I wanted to hide from the world, and at this point, all I had to protect me was a blanket. I would remain in the hospital for almost a month. I think the doctors knew I needed more time to recover than most because there would be no observation when I got home. And, as I would come to later find out, there was talk about my not returning to home at all. But that led to another question. Who would take me? I was the youngest of the four Raider boys, as we were known. The three older boys were rough and tough and living a life that was out of control. Part of that was their fault. Part of that was not. We were the product of neglect. So much going on, and most of it not good. My stepfather was caught in the middle. He was trying to attend to my mother. I think he thought we could just raise ourselves. Well, this was the result. One of my older brothers was already living with my grandfather in a neighboring town. That was also weird. I would see him when the two schools competed in sports. I envied him in that way. I knew he had been sentenced to the boys' training school, but they pulled him out of our home, and now He had his life back on track with Granddad. Mine never went off the rails, so I was still at home. But that was about to change. Why don't you sit down? I left you a little snack, my Aunt Debbie said. I was now a sophomore in high school. I'd just returned to her house after school to see something I'd never seen before. A snack was waiting for me. No one had ever laid one out or asked how the day was. She was the youngest sister of my birth father. In fact, she was so much younger, she was almost my oldest brother's age. When I was released from the hospital, she took me in. It remains one of the greatest selfless acts of love in my life. Everything was about to change for me in so many ways. But this was the first step. The foundation from which I could build. Years later, as I prayed by her bedside when she lay dying of cancer, I imagined God greeting her in heaven by saying simply, Thank you for taking one of mine and treating him as one of yours. I can't imagine what her older brother, my father, Sonny, said as he embraced her. But Someday, I will. Looking back, it was a new beginning. So much in my life was about to change. God had fed me, but he was about to teach me how to fish. And that would change everything. This is Kevin Rader. Thank you for listening to a bonus episode of The Tales from Auburn Creek. If you're interested in sponsoring any of our podcast episodes, please contact Media at yahoo.com. You can also choose to become a patron for as little as $3 a month to help ensure future episodes. The intro and tag music, Highway Traveler, is courtesy Alana Raider Weaver. Other episodes are available at RaiderMediaLLC.com. Until next time.